Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Uh, If you don't know, as has already been mentioned, it is what we're deeming Encounter Sunday. And we're believing that this morning we just take a few moments around God's Word to lean into really what I would say is, for me personally this morning, a pause moment for us all. It might sound a little strange at the beginning of the year to say, what do we need to pause for right now? But it wasn't that many months ago where I think if you're like me, you were wondering whether we would actually ever make it to 2021. (laughs) It's kind of like we're here. It's February already. Soon Easter eggs are going to be on the shelves. Before you know it, we're going to start seeing Halloween costumes in the stores. We're going to start hearing that Christmas is on the way and another year is going to be and go. And if we're not careful... I think in the hope of a better year this year, in the hope of what was a 2020 that caused us to hold on for what is to come, if we're not careful and we don't pause, we'll lose out on the so-called hoping that we're now in. And there's a passage of Scripture in Luke 10, verse 38 to 42 that we're going to read in a moment. And I want you to listen and lean into the interaction that takes place. If you've been in church a little while, like myself, you may have heard this preached, you may have read this passage of Scripture. It's an interaction between Jesus and two ladies, two sisters by the name of Mary and Martha. And it's an important thing because I believe in this pause moment, we learn from this interaction that life in itself is not a bad thing, but there's a challenge if life gets in the way of our relationship with Jesus. And in a few moments' time, the worship team are going to come back. We're going to create some room to have communion together, to encounter Jesus again. And maybe for you, online in the chapel, here in the auditorium, you prayed a prayer to accept Jesus just a few moments ago into your life, then I'm going to encourage you that it is the greatest decision you'll make. And communion is an incredible opportunity for us to remove distraction and actually focus in on what it's all about. But we find in this passage, Luke 10 Uh, Verse 38, it goes on to say this, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. A woman named Martha welcomed Jesus into her own home. Verse 39, her sister, known as Mary, sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted. It says Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem a little unfair to you? Doesn't it seem unfair that you're in my house and that my little sister here is just sitting here while I do all the work? Fair question. But I love her determination because she decides to suggest some decisions for Jesus. (laughs) Tell her to come and help me. (laughs) Bit of sisterly rivalry there. But the Lord said to her, verse 41, My dear Martha, you are worried and you are upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not 
be taken away from her. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord God, we thank you for your presence that is here, wherever we may find ourselves. We thank you, you're in the midst. As we've lifted your name, your word declares you are with us. And I just pray that today wouldn't just be another service or another Sunday, another appointment in our calendar, but we would encounter you. Father, we pray that this text would speak to us and that we would become more dependent on you than when we walked in. We thank you for your goodness and your grace towards us. And we truly ask that you would have your way in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Have you ever had that moment where you tried to do something that was right? Tried to do something that was right by a person, uh, by a context, by a moment, only to discover that you missed the mark. I'll never forget as a, uh, a younger man trying to do the right thing by buying my wife some flowers. Now, I thought I had done the right thing by going to an expensive shop and buying back then uh, a bunch of flowers that for me, as someone who's a bit of a forward planner, was struggling to buy because I knew that in a few days' time, they would be dead. (laughs) And as I considered which bunch I would pay for, I found the brightest, biggest bunch that I could afford and I felt like I was winning at life. I remember it because I came home and I brought these flowers to Melissa and I guess the response didn't necessarily match my expectation. She was thankful that I had bought her flowers and she was really lovely about it, but I felt like I might have missed the mark. I'm thinking to myself, man, I, I, I put a lot of cash into these things, you know, like I went for the biggest and the brightest bunch I could. And so a few days later, it was irking me. I had to know. So I said, hey, do you like the flowers? She's like, oh, they're great. And I was like, do you like the flowers? I'm looking for something more here. And she said, well, you know, they're, they're really great. But um, truth be told, I, I'm kind of more a pastel coloured type of flower lady. And I was like, <laughs> boring. <laughs> And I thought I was doing the right thing because growing up, every now and then, I used to buy my mum flowers only every now and then, probably should have been more often, but she liked bright colours and so I thought that's what I knew what to do, so I would do that. But how many know? Your wife and your mum are two very different people. (laughs) The good news is it's come full circle. I've got two daughters now and they love bright colours, so I just buy them flowers instead of Missy. Sorry, babe. It is what it is. But here we find in this text a lady by the name of Martha who I guess gets a bad rap from time to time. People despise Martha because of this interaction because Jesus made a point that Mary was doing the right thing and Martha wasn't. But when you actually understand the context of the day, from what Martha was doing, it was 100% what she was supposed to be doing. She was in a place where she thought she was doing what would happen. I mean, think about it. If Jesus rocked up to your house, what would you do? I'm pretty sure we would most likely all be like Martha, freak out, get the vacuum cleaner out, go kill the fattened calf, make it as good as possible because it's Jesus. Anyone with me? (laughs) And so Martha's doing what Martha 
should be doing, so to speak, not just because that's what we do in our society, but as you understand the custom of the day, rightly or wrongly back then, it was in that context, the responsibility of the females to prepare and look after the hospitality. And so we find Jesus turning up and Martha thinking she's got it all together. Martha thinking that she has hit this thing out of the park only to discover there was a problem. And whether you're in the chapel, you're here in the auditorium, you're online, I want you to capture the reality because the interaction as we read in verse 41 says, but the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you're worried and you're upset over these details. And in this moment, as Jesus is in the house, he makes a point to say in verse 42, there is only one thing, one thing worth being concerned about. Here was Martha doing what she thought was supposed to be done. And I'm sure at some point Jesus was thankful for the meal. But in the busyness of life, we're already, believe it or not, six weeks into a year, the busyness of life can cause you and I to, in essence, do the right thing, but miss what the moment is all about. And this is why I believe today is a pause moment. Because Jesus says, there's only one thing to be concerned about. And then he goes on to say, just, just in case you're wondering, Mary, I know you're doing a good job there, uh, Martha, but Mary has discovered it. Jesus rolls in and Mary does Nothing to help Martha and just sits there and listens to Jesus. And Jesus goes on and says, because she's discovered, discovered it, nothing will take, nothing will be taken away from her. And here we have the conundrum where you and I live in a society where we are driven by, I guess, cost-benefit analysis. <laughs> where we measure up that what we're able to achieve is either worth our investment, our energy, our time, or it's not. And we start to see as Martha sees and saying, I'm doing something and you're not. And we start to, rather than turn it from the discussion with the sister, we start to turn it to the discussion with God. The doing was necessary. And the doing, I would put it this way, that Martha was about on that moment in that day was not the problem itself until it became more important than the person himself. And so it's not that God doesn't want us to do great things with our lives and build his kingdom here on earth, but he doesn't want it done at the expense of our relationship with him. This is why religion and relationship is a very different concept. Religion, if we're not careful, can catch us. Martha, watch it, was looking for validation from Jesus as to what she was doing for him. Yet the opposite took place because Jesus himself knew what was needed in that moment for Martha herself was not what she could do for him, but what he could do for her. And maybe you've been a Christian a little while. Maybe I'm talking to you like I am myself and we get caught up in the doing of the work because that's what we need to do and that's what God will want and we fail to realise Jesus is in the house. 
I believe God is in this place so that you and I could have a fresh encounter. But I guess the challenge for you and I is to recognise this pause moment on the 7th of February, 2021. When you and I lay our heads on the pillow tonight, it's gone, we don't get it back. Could it be a moment of opportunity for every single one of us to reevaluate whether we're slipping into this mindset, this way of doing Christianity, this living for Christ where we've got to do, 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 and we've missed the opportunity to just be, be, be. And this is challenging because I don't think we can master it overnight. But Jesus has come to our house this morning, our lives, and you and I get to choose how we respond. And so I've got two simple questions that I feel are questions for myself, let alone everyone else leaning in, but I believe they're questions I would love not just to ask of you, but for you to ask of yourself. Whether like myself, you've been doing church a fair while or whether you're brand new to faith, I believe these are very relevant for our times and our days and in this moment to reconsider where things are at. Number one, simply the first question is, am I living in religion or relationship? Am I living in religion or relationship? I remember a message once and a statement Pastor Paul made and he made this statement, he said, for some of you being Christians for long enough that you've moved past relationship into religion, you need to come back. And we read as verse 40 says, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. And so because she was living in distraction, she was missing out on God Himself and in her distraction of what she was supposed to be doing, religion, what you're supposed to do, she then decides in her distraction and in her moment of religion to come to Jesus and start pleading her case. Doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister isn't helping me? Doesn't, doesn't, it, doesn't it seem unfair, God, that like I'm doing all I can and I haven't received my healing? Doesn't it seem unfair, God, that I'm looking after people and I'm not getting the breakthrough financially? Doesn't it seem, and we get caught up in the distraction of the doing where we even go not just to the point of, hey, God, doesn't it seem unfair? But we start suggesting to God Himself what He should be doing for us. Religion or relationship. Watch as we read, watch what the voice of religion says. I'm paraphrasing from this passage. Hey, get away from Jesus. When Martha was telling Jesus to tell Mary to leave, pretty much the voice of religion is saying, hey, get away from Jesus. He's not as important as the meal we need to prepare. It goes on to say, and I think this is another voice of religion, I do all the work. <laughs> but you and I need to be reminded in this pause moment, we're nothing without Him. It's unfair. That's a common one. I've said this one to God many times over. 
It's unfair. But I'm pretty sure every time I take a moment to pause and think about it, I'm pretty sure the cross wasn't that fair for Jesus. I'm pretty sure the grace you and I are happy to receive and live in isn't fair. And so sometimes a perspective shift, a pause moment, a reminder is needed to say, oh, I've stepped into religion. I need to come back to relationship. You know, why did Mary sit at his feet? It says she was learning from his teaching. That was the posture of a disciple. And in that day and age, females were not allowed to be disciples. So from a cultural point of view, Martha was 100% correct and Mary was 100% wrong. But isn't it interesting that the Saviour of the world did not see it that way? And there is a enemy at work and there is a culture we live in that is asking you and I to bow down outside of the confinement of His Word and the way He has done and He has set the course. And if we're not careful, we try and do, do, do as Christians rather than be, be, be. And culturally speaking, Martha was doing the correct thing. That's why she had a bee in her bonnet because Mary was doing something that was actually very inappropriate. But you and I need to realise that Jesus, as Pastor Paul's put it before in a message, isn't looking for a perfect us. He's looking for a real us. <laughs> and our salvation was not so that you and I could live in religion, but re- live in relationship. And so not only is the question, am I living in religion or relationship? I think in this pause moment for today, the second question is, am I living distracted or devoted? Am I living distracted or am I living devoted? Verse 38, as we read, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha was welcomed into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what He taught, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. See, distraction comes in all shapes and forms. As we're just reading God's Word right there, there's potential for people in this room that were distracted by the musicians coming on the stage. They're doing what I've asked them to do at the exact moment and they're doing it for a reason. But for someone else, it's providing an opportunity for distraction. And this is how I believe the enemy gets you and I to move from a great relationship with Jesus back into a religious mindset and operation. Because if he can't get you and I to sin, he'll get you and I to live distracted distracted with better things in our calendar on a Sunday morning or Sunday night than church every week. Distracted with the latest notification that when you wake up before you open your Bible, you open your phone and then that's it. (laughs) You miss out. Distracted by the lure of income because you can control it if you earn a certain amount. The distraction of a wayward child or a unsafe family member or friend that's challenging you to the point where it's talking you out of the relationship you have. And it's so sneaky and it's so small at times 
And it's not that it was, hear me, it wasn't with the intent to be distracting. It's actually to create a moment, but it's so easy in our day and age to live distracted, not devoted. And devotion for every single one of us takes an all-in decision. We all wanna be like Mary because Jesus said she found it. But I'm sure Mary knew Martha. I'm sure Mary knew the culture of the day. I'm sure Mary had every excuse and distraction in the book, but she'd committed that if Jesus is coming into my place, I'm sitting at His feet. And maybe for a moment, as we pause and consider, we need to make some decisions to live devoted, not distracted. And I think it starts with not saying yes, necessarily to God's Word, yes to church, yes to praying, but actually starts, devotion starts with saying no to things. Because before you can say yes, you need to say no. You need to say no to that environment you keep turning up to. You need to say no to that substance you keep having too much on. You need to say no to the addictions in your life. You need to say no to some of the friendships. You need to say no to the things that are pulling you away from your relationship with Jesus. Because if you don't say no, you'll always live distracted. And isn't it interesting (laughs) that the moment they put blinkers on a horse is the moment it can run faster and run straighter. Why? Not because it looks cool. (laughs) Not because the horse wants it. But they've discovered... No distraction, pursuit of the end goal. And I want to challenge you, whether you're in the chapel, you're online, you're here in this environment, that it may seem countercultural, but realise even in that day, Jesus validated Mary, who was A, supposed to be hospitable and B, not sitting at the feet of the Messiah. Yet he validates her because she chose, as we, see, as we read, the one thing of concern. And so maybe today it's a confronting and a challenging thought, but I hope it's actually a, a moment for you and I to actually <laughs> discover Jesus and His goodness. Discover Jesus' validation of who we are. Discover that even though you don't feel worthy or even though it doesn't make sense or it is not fair, God's grace and God's goodness is for you and it's more than enough. But it's gonna take a pause moment. (laughs) And it's gonna make for many people a decision in your mind, what will my posture be? One of busyness and distraction or one of calmness and devotion? I don't know why it's not in the notes, but it just kept coming back to me the last few moments. It's like, you ever been in a conversation with someone and they're talking to you and you're talking to them, but they're not there. They're trying to listen in to the conversation that's going on behind you or they're looking at something else and they're distracted and it is frustrating to say the least. Even to the point where they're like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, yeah. And then you ask them if you've got enough relationship, what did I say? And they're like, what? 
<laughs> they're there, but they're not there. And I think sometimes if we're not careful, our Christianity is like that with Jesus. Yeah, 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 we know God's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, we know His presence is here and we can reach out. Yeah, yeah, we know He heals. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we're not thinking about the moment. And this is where I think the difference between Martha and Mary gets to for me. Martha was worried about what was to come, the food. Mary was worried about the here and the now. And in every seat, pocket, of this auditorium there in the chapel and then online, I'm gonna encourage you to grab something. There's one of these little communion, I don't know what it's called, sachets. Let's go with that. A <laughs> little bit easier because it's just there in your seat pocket than us handing it out right now. And I'd love for you just to take this for a moment. And we'll deliver it to those that are just here on this front row. And this here has some grape juice and a little wafer. And this is significant because we're gonna come around a time of communion, a pause moment. But if you don't know, or maybe you do know, I want you just to be reminded again that this signifies Jesus's body that was broken and His very blood that was shed. Many people have monuments of crosses where someone died on the side of the road or have ashes in a, in a box and that's great stuff. And sometimes if we're not careful, we see this as a remembrance just of His death. But this is not, oh, that's right, God died. This is celebration and remembrance that He died for my sin, but He rose again to give me life and life abundantly. He rose again to give me empowerment, to give me a future and a hope, to give me the ability to live in relationship and live devoted. But again, I'll say it because I've been in church a long time. It's coming from a place where I've done this myself. You could take this because someone's asking you to or it's a moment in a service and that's cool. Or you could pause. Consider what this actually means to you and move out of religion back into relation, move out of distraction and live in devotion. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.